I want to read something from a college athlete by the name of Warren Thompson. He plays football for Florida State University. Being a student athlete is difficult this time, and the proper leadership regarding these problems does not exist. During this entire week of camp, I have been lied to multiple times about the conditions of other players' health as well as mine. It has been shown to myself and the rest that our leadership is based off an I mentality with them worried only about their future rather than their own athletes. I've been ridiculed about speaking up regarding this issue and it needs to be addressed for myself to safely continue the season. I myself an introvert, meaning my days go from being at the football facilities and back home day by day. I've done my best to take the proper precautions for myself and my teammates to try and ensure a healthy environment during these radical times. I want to play for Florida State University and have a great season for myself and our supporters. The lies from our leaders have backed myself into a corner, putting my overall well-being in jeopardy. The neglect to respond to this issue is very concerning and why I've drawn attention to it. I put a thousand percent into this team and my own craft. I've got to prove to the world and the, and this problem is growing. I've got too much to prove to this world and this problem is growing greater, potentially preventing that from happening because I've spoken up. Warren J, Florida State Seminoles. There's been a lot of conversation about whether or not college football should continue, whether the, the kids should play. And I say kids because usually that's what we refer to college students as. Let's be real. We usually call them kids. We usually say, you know, oh, he's a good kid. He's in school. We're looking forward to him, what he will do when he gets to the league. I was watching, um, well, first, let me, let me do a proper introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a new segment of Breaking Through the Glass Ceilings. It's called Uncomfortable, Uncomfortable Conversations. Breaking Through the Glass Ceiling with Uncomfortable Conversations. This will feature me giving my opinion about things, trending topics, I will not say it will be um, it will be scheduled. A lot of times it may be random. It will not conflict with the episodes that come out every Monday or Sunday where I have my friends and colleagues showcase their stories. But I've been concerned the past couple of days and I was like, I got to talk about this because you are putting athletes but more importantly you're putting students at risk some colleges have decided to open up some colleges haven't 
we're looking at this because COVID-19 has affected everybody differently. And it's true. You think about COVID-19, but it doesn't hit home until someone close to you is affected. We've seen lots of people on social media share that they lost loved ones. We've seen politicians taken out by this virus. But for some reason, people think it's a hoax or they're not taking it seriously. My opinion is college football should not continue. Now, when we did the Fab Five episode, I did talk about I didn't think that sports should continue until we had the virus under control. The NBA found and the NHL found a way to make it work, creating a bubble with the bubble players and employees of teams and networks would be in a secluded bubble and they couldn't go out. And if they did, they had to quarantine, get tested. The NBA reported this week, the week of August 13th, that they did 372 tests and none of them came back positive. So a lot of people are saying it's impossible to put football in a bubble. And that may be true, but even if it was possible, I don't think college football should be in a bubble. College is a place that you go to learn a specific skill so that you can use that skill in life. I went to college for television production. You do have football players who that's all they want to do. They just want to play football. We always preach, oh, you should have a backup plan. That What happens if the player gets hurt? Well, you're asking these players, ones who you tell them, tell them they should have a backup plan, and in some cases can't even go to campus, but you're asking them to play football. I'm going to play this clip from Stephen A. Smith where he discusses them taking control as far as eventually getting paid. But if you're not going to have students on campus, let's say they go all virtual, for example, at a lot of these institutions, then the student athletes who show up, their employment status is enhanced. As a result, you don't get to call them amateurs. You don't get to rob them and screw them over like you've been doing for decades. And to me, that's something that the NCAA is paying attention to right now. So in the end, what it comes down to is this. Mark Emmett, don't get me started with him. Paul, you've gone on him, gotten on him big time. You've excoriated him. He's deserved every bit of it. If not more, he comes across as inept and incompetent. The leadership with the NCAA, it's an absolute embarrassment. And as far as I'm concerned, why expose a student athlete to that? We talk about safety protocols and all of this other stuff. It's not good enough. In some instances, we're pro leagues who are organized and are making money and are incentivized to do right by these guys. So imagine what college football is doing at this particular moment in time. It's a damn shame. It's an embarrassment. And as far as I'm concerned, the way for the NCAA in terms of football, the NCAA period, to get its comeuppance, long overdue, by the way, is for the cancellation of the football season to take place so we never have to deal with these 
incompetent, amoral people again when it comes to the student athlete. I'm yep. talking. That was Stephen A. Smith, ESPN, first take, and he's he's right. You want these people to play. I I posted this on Twitter the other day that college football, folks, college football is an extracurricular activity. Football in general, all sports. And there has been this conversation for years about paying athletes in college sports. I understand, and I want to make sure I don't come off as insensitive. I understand a lot of people make money when you think about college football. As somebody who's worked in television, as somebody who's worked in production, Production. I understand you have the people who are producing the games, the ads, the people, the salespeople who are selling ads for these games. Because let's be real, it's a lot of people that watch. And if you know anything about television, you know that the ad dollars is what pays for things. So when there's a big game on the national championship game, you would have to pay, let's just say a million dollars for 30 minutes. That might not be the most accurate, but let's just say that a million dollars for 30 minutes to watch, to uh, advertise your business or your product during a college game. Just think about that. And you have, so you got those people who are making money. Obviously, you have people in the concession stands, the stadiums. All these people are making money. If you're trying to tell me there is not enough money for the athlete, you are crazy. And I understand with college, you have other sports such as track, such as tennis, such as baseball. But I think when you got these sports that are super publicized and you have all these people making all this money, yes, the athlete should get paid. And because they are not employees... They're not essential employees. No, they shouldn't be criticized for eligibility. They should get regain other eligibility because after all, the pandemic is not their fault. It's not their fault that we are in the midst of a pandemic. It's not their fault that leadership couldn't be competent enough to make sure that we kept everybody safe. We've been going through this since March. You know, I was talking to my friends, January was when it was first reported about the coronavirus and cases. But we've been going through this since March, folks. And something as simple as wearing a mask. You mean to tell me that you have over, let's just say 200 people in a stadium when you calculate the players on both teams, the personnel, and the people, you know, let's just say you got people calling the game. But let's also just talk about the support staff. You mean over 300 people in one stadium that, and, and mind you, this is multiple stadiums, that all of them are going to be positive, uh, negative. Because if you go back and you just take a look at Major League Baseball, they haven't got it right. The St. Louis Cardinals, I think, only played five games. The Miami Marlins had to take a week off because and then you're talking about grown men who know what's at stake who are getting paid to do a job but still who knows what they're doing but they're getting the virus 
maybe they're not wearing their mask. And let's be real, if we can be honest, wearing a mask is is isn't a hundred percent, but it's about 95 percent. Because if you still wear, depending on the type of mask you wear, you can still put particles in the air, and you know it can get on somebody's skin, so forth. So you have to make sure that what you're doing, you have to protect yourself. But wearing a mask limits the spread. It limits the spread. But there are people out there who have still got the virus with the mask on. So that's what I'm saying. We don't need college football right now. We are getting the NBA. That's cool. But they found a way to do it safely. Therefore, people can still have their jobs. If, if this would have been prevented, if everything would have been shut down so we could focus on those patients who were in the hospital with the virus, plus focus on research, we would have been over this. This would have been over a long time ago, quite frankly. But no, people wanted to, didn't believe that the virus was real. And a lot of times people don't want to believe it's real until it hits home. And that's so unfortunate. That's how we're built here on the United States. We don't believe something. And because of that, you have so many people affected. You have so many people infected. I, I know I know quite a few people, unfortunately, who had the virus. I know people who lost family members to the virus. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. And it's so unfortunate that people don't take it seriously, that people say it's a hoax, that you have the so-called leader of the country calling it the Chinese virus. If he would have just told people to put a mask on, all this could have been spread. He could have made more money. He could have just said, hey, he could have had a Make America Great mask and people would have wore it and they would have bought into it. Just think about that. So and I go back to college football. I've been on pay the players i've been on that bandwagon but i think a lot of these people who are saying oh they need to play they need to play aren't thinking and and quite frankly same with the players but i'm gonna be real with you a lot of these 18 19 year olds they don't they think they're invisible anyway these are the same people who go out there and party every night because they are younger they feel like they're invincible some of them are some of the same people who aren't held accountable not all of them let me make sure I say that. Not all of them, because there are some good college football players. But in this age group, you're dead. That's the age group where you do a lot of stupid stuff. 18-year-old, 19-year-old Brian H. probably would have said, oh, we could play. It's fine. And you see the younger people are getting affected by this virus. But these are the same people, you know, you, you having these issues. And you mean to tell me that I can't go to class. And, and, and you also see... The, 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 you heard from an athlete from Florida State, Warren J. said it himself. They have been lying to him. They've been lying. So how are we supposed to trust? And these are the people that parents have entrusted their children with. And they prey on these athletes. And a lot of these athletes are black. Let's be real. Sure, you have Trevor Lawrence saying, we want to play. You have a lot of people saying, we want to play. Let's play. No, not until you can find a cure for this virus or way to control it. Because even if you, I don't even agree. I, now, the NFL 
it's a different ball game. I don't I see, okay, again, that's the job. That's what they're getting paid to do, right? So putting them in a bubble, sure. I know a lot the WWE got a lot of heat. My issue with WWE was looking back at it, you let people go back and forth. The NBA did it right. NHL did it right. Put them in a bubble. That's simple. Well, maybe not that simple, but you know. And they say it's harder to do football in a bubble. Yeah, because you want to play a few games on a few games, you got 16 teams, you know, you can only play, what, two games, three games, whatever. So, you could, but you can, it's easy to do things with the court with basketball. So, you you can't put football in a bubble. But if you could, yes, it should go for the NFL, but not college football. They're there to earn a degree, to get an education. That is the end goal. If I, I know if I had a child playing, that's what I would want him to do. If he was playing football, I would want him to focus on that education. Sure, I want him to be the best, but I was always taught grades come first. Because at the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen. He could go play in the NFL, get hurt, and that would be it. I mean, I, I think about Colt McCoy. In the national championship game, he got hurt. He wanted to go back out there. His dad told him, no, you're going to risk, basically, you're going to risk millions of dollars, the potential. He went to the NFL. He hasn't been great. He's been a solid backup. But who knows? Like, let's just say he doesn't get hurt. Who knows what his career could have been? We don't know because it happened. But suppose he didn't. He did go back out there and play and risk his injury. You know, what's going to happen if a player gets hurt or a player gets the virus and dies? Because the virus hits everybody differently, folks. It hits everybody differently. So what's going to happen if a player gets the virus and dies? Who's going to cover those expenses? How do you explain that to a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle, a grandmother, a grandfather, a cousin, a brother or a sister? How do you explain that to them? We see a, we've seen a few cases of neglect on college campuses. We, you know, we saw it in Maryland. The player died. Straight neglect from the coaches. I ain't root for Maryland for a few years. They're under new leadership. Not going to say I'm a diehard Terps fan, but, you know, I was root for them. But when you think about that, I'm entrusting you with my child. You're the adult. You're the more mature adult. You're the coach. I need you to tell him, hey, get off the field. It's not time. You know, I need you sometimes. And, and people may say, well, no, no, bottom line is you, these coaches come and sit in their living rooms. What's going to happen? God forbid. If one of the so, – right, so the SEC, I believe they're trying to figure out recruit conference, right? Um, so far, the Big 12, it looks like they're going to play. The Big 10 is postponing sports, hoping to play in the spring. Pac-12, they've not playing. But the SEC and the ACC, God forbid what happens if Dabo Sweeney or Nick Saban get the coronavirus. Then what? These are some of your iconic college coaches, championship college coaches. What would the NCAA do 
if one of these guys gets it. And quite frankly, it's it's so you know these people are putting their they're living off of these kids' names. Free labor. Bill Roden wrote a book years ago called um, I believe it's called Fifty Million Dollar Slaves. I'm gonna look it up because I want to make sure. Um, $40 million slaves. $40 million slaves. These college athletes, it's free labor. And like I said, I understand this is a job for other people. This is a job for, um, this is, this is a job for, you know, the coaches, the production people, the, Trainers, you know, I, I I bring up my guy Eric Robinson. Follow him underscore at underscore Eric with E R I C underscore Robinson. Me and him had a good conversation on Twitter. My my tweet again: College football for the players is an extracurricular activity. They shouldn't be on campuses right now. Not nor should they be on the field. What are y'all gonna say? If players get COVID-19 and ruins his potential NFL career. He said, for most players, it's more than just an activity. What about the seniors that just lost a year of eligibility? Georgia coaches who relied on game checks to make a living. Schools with low budgets that can lose their program. There's more than one perspective behind this. I understand. It is. Again, this goes back to the tippity top, top leadership. If this virus would have been under control a long time ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I know it's easier because I don't work full time in sports. So it's easier for me to have this perspective. But at the end of the day, I'm thinking about human life. And if there is college football, I hope and pray that when it's all said and done, no one, no one loses their life to COVID-19. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of Breaking Through the Glass Ceilings with Uncomfortable Conversations. Expect more of these. I'll be honest with you, um, one of them I was thinking about doing, I probably still will, is the conversation when men like to call women females. I'll just end it with, men don't do it. It's disrespectful. They don't like it. End of story. No debate. But expect guests on this. Expect some big things. Make sure you check out my other podcast. If you're a wrestling fan, make sure you download Break It Down with Brian H., Available on the same podcast platforms, just a different channel. Make sure you also subscribe to that YouTube channel. If you are into, um, you know, make sure you check out previous interviews. A little uh, happy note, I guess, uh, coming up. And just some names as I pull them up on my computer. Actually, I know them by heart. <laughs> some names that I have coming on. Uh, so... This weekend, I have my brother, Quincy Young, coming on the podcast. 
Quincy and I work together at ESPN. So he's going to uh, come through and talk about his career. He's now with USA Today. Also, I have my friend Erica Marmalejo. Erica and I also work together at ESPN. Actually, me, Erica, Quincy, we all work together. So that was really, that was some fun times. Um, so make sure you check out that episode. Um, afterwards, I have some other names coming up. Chanapa. Uh, she's somebody I work with at Johns Hopkins. She recently left. Uh, Keisha Swaffer, somebody recently connected with via on social media. Patricia Barnes. Patricia and I worked together at Johns Hopkins in the nutrition department well over 10 years ago. Matter of fact, it was about 14 years ago, 14, 13, 14 years ago. So both of us have gone on and we're in different levels of medicine now. She's a nurse. So make sure you check that out. Kyle Andrews. Kyle, my brother, played, um, you know, he was one of my last recruits when I worked for Fox Sports 1340. He now writes for the Baltimore Sun, had an incredible story as he just beat cancer. Praise God almighty. But he comes through and shares his story. So some great episodes so make sure you check that out last week chanel starlin somebody i went to college with she was at espn but you know in the past i mean i had so many great people on here i've been blessed a lot of times like wow you know i just think about the wealth of knowledge that i've been able to gain from my friends doing this show so ladies and gentlemen that will do it remember don't let anybody separate glass you can't break through and keep having those uncomfortable conversations a lot of people have been comfortable uncomfortable for so long in order to keep other people comfortable well it's time to flip the switch so long everybody this podcast is brought to you by b waters productions it is produced and edited by myself brian h waters with the music brought to you by hypnosis you can find hypnosis on instagram at hypno underscore beats